0: I'm Karen. And I'm Michelle. We're sisters. And homeschool moms. Welcome to the Layers of Learning podcast,
1: where we talk about family-style homeschooling.
0: Hi, this is Michelle at Layers of Learning, and I'm here with my sister, Karen.
1: Hi. How are you, Michelle? I'm
0: doing good. How about you? Really good. The kids are outside playing on four-wheelers, Yeah, tearing it up.
1: They're uh, racing through the trails on my property, having a good old time. So th- they are so happy. When we podcast, they're like, yes, because they I know get to play with their cousins. <laughs> <They> do. <laughs> <laughs> we take a day off of our homeschool to hopefully help you homeschool.
0: <laughs> yeah, we do. We take a day off and we do podcasting and the kids play and they're happy. And yeah, they're happy. They, yeah,
1: they're pretty thrilled out there. So if you hear motor noises, that's not us. That's the kids in the background. <laughs> right. they're turn it up like I'm telling you.
0: Okay. So today we're going to talk about the layers of learning unit overview sidebar. This is the first sidebar in every unit.
1: And you'll see that it has kind of a darker color, like more pigment than the other sidebars. That helps you to see when you're at a new unit, basically.
0: Yeah, it's, it's more or less kind of a bookmark, like mm-hmm. this show, here's a new unit starting.
1: So if you look at the very first page of any of the units, the sidebar will be a complete whole page, and it'll say unit overview. And then it begins with key concepts. These are just the overall points of the unit, and then It has a list of vocabulary terms. These are just important words that you'll encounter as you learn the unit. And then the third part of it varies a little bit.
0: It mostly varies based on subject. So like the art is different from the history, is different from the science, which is different from the geography.
1: But it generally has, you know, key people, key events, key
0: places, notable art. And in the science ones, it usually has either important scientists or most often, Theories, hypotheses, and and laws. Laws, yeah, yeah, that that are covered in that unit. So the the whole point of this sidebar is basically just to give the men, mentor
1: kind of a mental picture of what's going on here in this unit. It gives you your bearings right. as you're beginning right. a new subject. It's also just an easy spot to look at to to kind of evaluate and think. Okay, what should I plan? And then okay, did I cover what I should have covered? It's, It's just a help to the mentor. Yeah.
0: Like everything in Layers of Learning, we don't have in our heads the way that you should use this. We just give you a ton of ideas and helps and scaffolding, and then you do what you want with it.
1: Right. There's not a right way to do this, but we're going to give you some ideas today for how you can use this sidebar. Right. So,
0: first of all, I'm just going to give a, a very, an example. And this one is from maps and globes unit from the people and planet. So this is, this is a unit that you can get a sample of for free. So you can go and look at this if you want to. You sign up for our newsletter and you can get this for free and you can see it yourself. And the first sidebar says unit overview, key concepts. The aims of geography include understanding mapping, the natural world, culture, and countries. That's the first bullet point. So that just kind of tells you, okay. This is what this unit is going to be talking about. Why do we even do geography?
1: Mm -hmm. So as the mentor, you know, okay, this is
0: something that I want to make sure that my kids are getting...
1: When a lot of people hear the word geography, they're not even sure what that breaks down to. And that one sentence that you read just broke down geography. It's a really good intro.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mapping the natural world, culture, and countries. Mm -hmm. That's geography.
1: Yep.
0: Right. And the second bullet point says... A globe is a 3D model of the Earth that shows the correct shapes and relative
1: sizes of the continents and oceans, as well as their placement. So in this unit, as it goes through it, we actually explore maps and globes, what the difference is between a map and a globe and all these things. So that is kind of summing up a lot of the explorations into one very concise sentence. Right. And then the third bullet point
0: under Key Concepts says a map is a diagram that gives lots of information about places. There are maps of the entire planet, countries, regions, states, cities, and even specific landmarks. They can help us navigate and can include lots of details. So this unit is about the purpose of geography, it's about globes, and it's about maps. And those three bullet points tell you this is what's going to be covered here.
1: So one of the interesting things that you can consider when you're doing this, you'll notice that those key concepts are kind of, they tend to be chronological in the unit, like the first ones that we get to will be listed first, and as it goes throughout the unit, right, the other right. concepts come up. You could say, I want to make sure I hit every one of the key concepts. Or, knowing that you're doing the four-year and you're going to come around again, you could say, you know what, this go-around, let's do just maps. And you could take that third bullet point that you just listed and explore all the different kinds of maps. Yeah. You could yeah. completely leave out the other parts of the unit, and that would be fine. Or maybe you've got just high schoolers and
0: you're like we kind of already have a good handle on what a globe and a map is, let's focus on geography and what what we're really supposed to be learning here, all the ins and outs of what geography is about, because that's kind of actually a more advanced sort of concept than just maps and globes, you know, what is a map, what is a globe.
1: Yeah, but then there will also be the families that say, you know what, I'm going to take an exploration about geography, an exploration about globes, and an exploration about maps, so that I cover all of these key concepts. You could approach it that way. Right. So it's totally up to you, but it's kind of going to give you your bearings for what you're going to encounter as you go through the unit together.
0: The, The vocabulary is pretty straightforward. This, in the sidebar, is just a list of words. We don't give the definitions here. But these words are in the unit, in other sidebars, called memorization stations, where the definitions are given. So for example, the first vocabulary word in this unit is called, is geography. And then if you go, you skip ahead to page nine in the unit, then you're going to see the word geography with its definition. Geography, the study of
1: planet Earth and the people who live on it. So the that initial sidebar just has the list of words. As you encounter them in the unit, you'll find that word again with its definition. So some
0: ways you could use this
1: vocabulary list you can use it as a spelling
0: list. Mm-hmm. You know, you can say, okay, well, these are the concepts we're going to come across. This is some information we're going to have. These, this is what the unit is going to talk about. So let's make sure we can spell these things. You can also just use it for you kind of as a reference. Okay, here's a concept. Okay, we know that this unit talks about the equator because it's one of the vocab words mm-hmm. from the unit. And the equator is something that my kids really need to learn about. And so I'm going to make sure I hit that. It, it's Again, it's a list of concepts that are in the unit as well as just a list of vocab and
1: spelling words, you know. So Michelle, do you expect all of your kids to learn all of the vocabulary words from a unit? Like, do you? No, I mean, we don't, we don't do
0: things like making flashcards and memorizing vocab. We don't really do that. But, but I do, when I see it highlighted, uh, a word highlighted, I will often stop and point it out and say, do you guys know what this means? And sometimes they've got it, you know, and we can move on other times They're not really sure and we talk about the definitions So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I use it kind of more on a, on the fly, but you definitely could Make flashcards and really learn them. You could use these words for on a quiz or a test, you know,
1: yeah I have kind of two Approaches like two little ways that I use them that might be fun for some families to try One of the things that I like to do and this does not happen in every unit, but sometimes I throw it in there. I will just write that list of words like, say, on a, a poster or a whiteboard or something. I'll write it up when we're beginning the unit, and then I'll say, okay, guys, watch for the words. Anybody who spots the word as we're going about the unit, like, they get to mark it. Like, they won that word. Right. So, so you're,
0: you've written equator up on there, and when the equator is in a book you're reading or a video you're watching.
1: Right. If they notice it, it's like, point for you. Yeah. And so it just kind of keeps their mind on it. So it's pretty common for us to have a list of words somewhere in our school room at any given time that's kind of, this is what we're learning about, this is what we're looking for. You could use this in a lot
0: of games. Oh, yeah. Like, you could use it to make matching games, you could use it to make
1: your own crossword puzzles, or, you know, all kinds of things. Even playing Hangman. Hangman, yeah. Like, you don't have to have any preparation to use this list of words. These are the words that are going to come up in this unit as you learn about these things. And they won't just come up in the layers of learning booklets. They'll come up... In the library books that you read. They're the common words to these topics. Right. So they're going to come the, up.
0: These words are also in the glossary at the back of the paperback bound books. There's, yeah. There's not a glossary for the individual PDF units, but if you buy the whole book, there's a glossary at the back and it's these vocab words that make up the glossary. Yeah, it's just an alphabetized list of all of the
1: words in the whole course with their definitions.
0: So that's where they come from, that's why they're in the glossary because they were highlighted in the unit Mm -hmm. and they're right there in that very first unit overview sidebar.
1: Yeah. What's your second one, Karen? Oh, the other one that I often do, I take this list of words and I kind of let that be the quiz at the end of the unit or kind of as we wrap it up. At the end of each unit, you will see another sidebar that's unit trivia questions and along with those, you can throw in any of the vocabulary things. Like you can say, okay, what's the definition of cuneiform? What is it? And it's just a constant thing. If you've been learning about it, that kind of reminds you of what you learned. And it becomes a little bit of a hook for you to go, okay, yeah, that's what we that's what we studied. Yeah, for,
0: for, for the mentor to, to recall it. Yeah, it's right. just
1: hard when you're always teaching and you're teaching all the subjects to keep track of it all. But this little unit overview sidebar can kind of be like your cheat sheet in a way you to keep reminding your kids about what you learned or what you've done, so we we use it for a lot of sporadic just games or quizzes. Or yeah,
0: and if, if you have written it up on the board at the beginning of the unit, you can also use it as a word bank for writing. Like if they're if they're going to be writing about any of these things, it's up there. They can see how it's spelled. You know, they, they and it reminds remember, them. They can remember to put it in.
1: Yeah, it it's so good to have a visual reminder up of what you're learning about. When I was in like elementary school, we always had posters on the walls and I still remember some of the posters that were on the walls from back in those days. From third grade, huh? Yeah. yeah. And like quotes or, for example, in my history classroom in seventh grade, there was every single portrait of a president of the United States up around the upper border. I can still see the classroom in my mind because of what was on the walls in that way. And so you can use that visual to just have your kids remember what they're learning about. Not just the definitions of the words exactly, but it's just kind of the topics. A lot of those words become the topics of the unit. And I'll read a couple of the ones okay. right there. Like, okay. so, so in this unit, in the People and Planet Maps
0: and Globes, it's geography, map, globe, equator, prime meridian, hemisphere, cardinal directions, compass rows, map
1: key, map scale, continent, and ocean. So those are vocabulary words if you want to think of them that way. But they're also just kind of the topics of the unit. Right. And so it can be really useful just to kind of have that list to remind you as you're reviewing and constantly discussing or giving a writing assignment or any of those things, even a reading assignment. You can say, you know what? I want you guys to go and find a website about cardinal directions. Just read about them a little bit and then come back and share something you learned. That's the kind of thing that we would do with this list. Okay, and the the final
0: section in this particular unit, the Maps and Globes unit, this is a geography unit. So the final section is about important places. So it's going to be places that this unit covers specifically. So in this one, it's North America, South America, Asia, Africa, Europe, Australia, Antarctica, Pacific Ocean, Indian Ocean, Atlantic Ocean, Arctic Ocean, and Southern Ocean. So the, by the end of the unit, these are the places that my children will have memorized. For, for me, I want them to have memorized it. If they're really little, like you're talking about a five or a six-year-old, maybe they're just really familiar with it. But the ultimate goal is that they know these places by the end of
1: the unit. So what would that look like, like in your homeschool day? How would you teach them that?
0: Well, through the unit, there are explorations, right? And these explorations have them making globes where they have to draw all the different continents And so they're learning them as they're drawing them, as they're labeling them, and they're practicing it over and over again. And then I'd probably, you know, after we've done this for four weeks, I would probably have a quiz where they have to name them, maybe just verbally, or maybe we'd have a written map where they'd have to write in the names. Yeah, pretty often
1: with places, almost every geography unit with places, I look at that list and throughout the unit, I'll also just name a place and my kids have to go touch on a map. Like yeah, like if I say, okay, where's the Pacific Ocean?
0: At, at the beginning of every um, every time that we're doing this unit, every day that we're doing this um, unit in school, which would probably be four days, actually, because we do it once a week for mm-hmm. four weeks, then I would be like, okay, here's a map of the world. Where is Africa? And they would have to, to identify it. Yep. Or maybe I have a colored map. Okay, which, which one is the orange continent?
1: Yeah. Australia. You know, they have to know. Yeah, so this is essentially flashcards without flashcards.
0: Yeah, way. yeah, like
1: the this unit overview gives you a whole bunch of okay here are the key ideas these are the things that over and over again we're going to encounter just through the explorations in the unit we're going to encounter through the books and videos that we read we're going to encounter them because we're going to make sure we do as we review or write about them or talk about them it's just kind of the high points of the unit the things that are most important yeah and and it, like we said it's it's a tool
0: for you, the mentor, to use however you want. We don't have a preconceived idea of what you should do with this. We're just throwing out some ideas of things that we've done with it. But you people probably are smarter than us. <laughs>
1: yeah, I just thought of another one, Michelle. You can think of things. It'd be fun to do a word scramble with them where you have some of like the letters scrambled and they have to figure out what word it is. Yeah, like, yeah. Just anything where they're thinking about these words and you just make it a fun part of your homeschool day so it's a constant review. I don't know. There's not one right way to use it, but... It can be a useful tool. Should we take a look at another subject? Yeah, because
0: they're not all exactly the same. Let's
1: let's do art. Which one should I flip open to? Okay, I flipped to prehistoric art. Should we do that one? Yeah. Okay, the key concepts in the unit overview say caves protected the artwork within them, preserving them over thousands of years. Subjects of prehistoric art included animals, handprints, simple figures, symbols, and geometric shapes, and prehistoric art has been found all over the world. So those are going to be the things that come up in the unit intro, in the books from the library list, in the explorations, they'll come up again you know at the end when we're doing the show what you know part. Those are the things that your kids are going to probably learn throughout this unit. The next section in here is the vocabulary. And those words in this one include ancient, paleolithic, neolithic, prehistoric, earth tones, natural materials, pigments, pictographs, petrograms, petroglyphs, monoliths, megaliths. And then at the the very bottom, in the art, most of the time what it involves is either famous artists that were mentioned in the unit or mostly notable art. It's right. the kind of the famous art of whatever period it is. And this one is a little bit tricky because we don't exactly know the names of the cave painters who made <laughs> these paintings that we're studying. Right. But there we are don't...
0: some really famous cave paintings though.
1: Yeah, but we, we don't what... we don't know who built Stonehenge. Right. But we do memorize Stonehenge. You know, it's that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So in in this one, the three notable ones that we specifically brought out were Lascaux Cave, Cueva de los Manos, and El Castillo Cave. So those are three very famous sites of yeah, and there are thousands of cave painting sites around the world.
0: So what what we've done in this sidebar here is just pick these are the three that you should actually remember their names and right. know where they're at and know what it, what it looks like. Be familiar if, with it. If you hear Lascaux Cave, like in my head, here comes you, you the, the bowl. Bull. Yeah. yeah, the bull pops into my head. I know that it's in France. You know, I know the story behind it. That's what you know your the story of the kids know. who
1: discovered it. Right. And, like you learn. Those things throughout the unit. So it's not like you have to learn all of this to be prepared to teach the unit. You will learn it right. throughout the unit as you go about this, but those are the ones that you go, okay, we're gonna review that. We're gonna make sure that we commit that to memory a little and, bit more.
0: And again, when your kids are really small, they don't necessarily have to have memorized this, but you know, you expose them to it when they're little, and then when they're in the middle grades and high school, then you expect them to remember it and memorize it and get it right on the test. Right. right.
1: It's not even so much that you have to know all of these things. Part of it is practice in committing things to memory. Part of it is just a little bit of cultural literacy that we want to have happen. But this kind of helps you see at a glance what some of the important parts are of each unit.
0: Basically, the reason we put it in here, you could you could have come up with these things on your own. Yeah. Right. Um, you can decide for yourself what you think is the most important. Maybe there's a different cave painting that you think is super important. Maybe there's one near where you live and you would add it to that list. But the reason that we put this in here is just so that you have one less step that you have to do. We've given you just one more tool, one more piece, where you don't have to make that list yourself. But of course you can. You can add anything you want to it or take something off if you don't feel like it's actually that important. This is a list that we made to be a tool for you, but you should make it your list.
1: Exactly. One of the years when we did this particular unit, I decided to have the entire focus be on, let me let me go back to that page and read it to you again. One of the key concepts that prehistoric art has been found all over the world. And I focused on that heavily during this one time that I taught the unit. We made all kinds of books about, hey, there's a cave painting on every continent not a there's a lot of cave paintings on every continent on the whole planet and i wanted my kids to know that it was more than just Lascaux. you know when we think of cave paintings we all think of Lascaux, but it's so much more than that and so i decided hey i'm going to focus hard on that one key point point. and i think every exploration that we chose was that focused on that focus yeah, yeah. so you don't have to cover every one of the key points. You can or you don't have to. It's
0: up to you. Same with the vocab. You don't necessarily have to do it all. Especially, again, I'm going to go back to when kids are young, you are going to edit this down for them, right? It's going to be yeah. less. It's going to be simpler. It's going to be more surface level because they're little. They're just learning this for the first time. But we wrote this book to be family friendly. So it, it's, it's for all ages from little kids clear up through high school. So we add some concepts in here that you probably wouldn't need to teach to your little kids, but... But if you have older kids and little kids there, then, then you can. You know, you can right. just add it all in, but, but this is meant to be a tool for you to help guide you in planning and thinking it through and coming up with tests and, and all that kind of stuff. Here's, here's uh, the history, and it's again, it's different from art. It still has the key concepts and the vocabulary, but at the bottom we have the important people. So I'm, I'm going to go over the unit overview sidebar for Ancient India from the Ancient History book. The key concepts are, the Indian subcontinent has been ruled by a variety of peoples across history. Hinduism and Buddhism were two major world religions that originated in this area. The caste system was a way to divide people socially and economically. The Maurya Empire was not only one of the most important empires in India, but also one of the most important empires in ancient history. The Golden Age of India was during the Gupta Empire. It was a time of scientific and mathematical discovery, art, writing, and philosophy. And then the Delhi, Delhi Sultanate was an Islamic empire within ancient India that successfully fended off attacks from the Mongols. So that's uh, six different bullet points there. That's probably one of the longer ones. It, it is probably. I think that's by far one of the longer ones. Usually they've got three or four. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that's quite a bit. That's because ancient India covers a huge amount of a massive time frame here. We're covering a ton of stuff in this one unit. So that's why there's so much there. But you, you definitely could whittle that down and say, well, I really want to focus on this part of it, you mm-hmm. know. Th- that's kind of why this is here, so that you can look at it and say, what is taught here? And how can I fit this into my schedule, you Yeah. Know? What do we want to focus on? So, it, but in this, you know, it, this this key concepts, it kind of walks you through what the unit does in order. And it also walks you through the major empires of India. You can see right there, Mariya, Gupta, Delhi Sultanate. That's the order yeah. of the ancient empires in, in India. So it's a very quick way to just get in your head, okay, this is what's coming up and this is what's going to be here and this is what we're going to cover.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, it organizes the information in your mind a little bit.
0: And, and this one has, um, the vocab is subcontinent, Hinduism, caste system, Jainism, Buddhism, satrap, stupa, edict, panchachantra, <laughs> that's hard to say, yeah. <laughs> and then Sanskrit and Mamluk. So those are the the vocab. It's not super long. If I had little kids though, you know, I probably would not talk about the caste system. I probably would not talk about edicts. You know, that's a little over their heads. You know, I would focus on simpler things.
1: So we recently did this unit, not that long ago, in our homeschool, And when we did, I was actually looking at these key concepts in the vocabulary words. And I thought to myself, huh. My kids have had a lot of experience with Buddhism. Like, we've been to Buddhist temples. We've we've been to countries where they've gotten to encounter Buddhism. Yeah. But Hinduism is something that we hadn't really touched on. So I actually took it and said, I'm going to go that direction this time. And we learned all about the Hindu religion, and it was really, really fascinating. They both yeah. wrote a paper on it, and... We read lots of books. We have one that's kind of an overview of world religions that we like reading. And we read the section on Hinduism for that. We really focused hard on that. So I don't ever want somebody to... I don't want you to get caught up in... Covering it all. Covering it all. Yeah. No, that's not the idea. It's just, it lets you see that it's all there.
0: And, and in history, we, the sidebar generally has important people these are important people who were from the history of the time, right? So This is like, people you should know. So, yeah, people you should know. These are going to be the most significant, the ones that, I want to say, like, a generally educated person would know about, you know, like,
1: by the time they're an adult. Well, and you know how we always say the, there's no point in studying history if you don't learn from it kind of a concept? These are the people we learn from. Like, they're the people who were pivotal in the history of the world in some way.
0: So, so in this unit, the important people are Siddhartha Gautama or the Buddha, Chandragupta Marya, Ashoka, Chandragupta II, Ibok, and Razia Sultana. Now you may or may not have heard of those right now, but by the time you're done with this unit, you will have, and you will know why they're important, not only to India, but to world history. Like they're, they're pivotal people in the history of the world. It's
1: interesting how we tend to get stuck. I mean, we're American. Right. If you list it off, the top 20 people in u.s history any american would know them you know if, if you say abraham lincoln and george washington we all know who they are martin luther king jr we know these people right you know we don't know the people from india the same way that we know our own people but we should because the lessons are there to learn from them too and so these units I love that Layers of Learning covers more of world history than a lot of... I know.
0: And, well, and, and it's true that even though you don't know their name, that doesn't mean they never affected your history or who you are or where we are today. Yeah,
1: you'll see as you do the explorations about these people why they're included on this list. Yeah,
0: because they did have an impact not just on India, but on the world. Like, it all trickles down or, did, you know, the butterfly effect, whatever you want to call it. But, but we all are affected by these things, whether we know it or not. And the more you know about how you're affected by them and these people, then the more you can have a better sense of who you are, how you got there, where you should go next, you know, making decisions for your own life and also for, you know, your culture, your civilization. But that's that's the important people. And so again, like little kids, I might just expose them to this idea of this is the Buddha and you know, he's the one that started Buddhism, but then With an older teen, I would want them to actually know, okay, this is who this is, this is their pivotal role in history, you know, this is, these are people you should remember, you should know their names. Yeah. Even if you can't pronounce them.
1: (laughs) We'll work on that, Michelle. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes I think, even if you find out how to pronounce them, I'm like, but how do you really know? Because (laughs) sometimes I think we all guess. Okay, I'm holding the Earth and Space book, and this is the unit about the solar system. I just flipped open to that. So I'm going to run through the key concepts there really quickly so you can see what that would be like. We're all pretty familiar with the solar system, so this is a good one to look at. The key concepts say there are eight major planets in our solar system. They each orbit around the sun. Comets, asteroids, and meteoroids are space rocks that did not fully form into planets but are still drifting in space. And then modernly, many people have traveled to space. We have launched rockets, put satellites into orbit, walked on the moon, and even built a space station where astronauts live and conduct experiments. So you'll see those exact concepts come up naturally throughout the the unit as you learn from that. Um, The vocabulary in this one is pretty simple. Sometimes I feel like we put a vocabulary word down and I think even a little kid knows that. But sometimes it's hard to... Okay, but Karen,
0: when we're we're writing the definitions, don't you have to think it through, even if it's simple?
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, I have to define it. And then I go, huh.
0: Wait a minute.
1: (laughs) Sometimes it's it's interesting. I mean, we get that perspective because we're writing it. We're writing these definitions. And so we have to stop and consider. But I think it can be valuable sometimes to ask your kids, even after they've learned about it. Like, think through this. If I said... These are the vocabulary words. Solar system, planet, dwarf planet, moon, asteroid, orbit, rotation, comet, craters, meteoroids, meteors, meteorites, satellite, and astronaut. So those are the basic things. What if I ask my kids, so what is a planet? All of a sudden, they have to like think about it. That's an upsetting question. Because because of Pluto? <laughs> because of Pluto. Yeah. 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 It is. It really is. I'm...
0: Have, have you seen the book? Um, I can't remember exactly the title but it's something like why i killed pluto and why it had it coming <laughs> and it's i it's, have it but now i want to read it's it by the scientist who redefined what a planet is in other words he rewrote the definition of planet so he's the enemy he's yeah it's his fault Ooh. but
1: <laughs>
0: my entire childhood was alive oh, yeah.
1: but it was hard for me <laughs> to even read their eight major planets just then i just want i know there's supposed like, to be nine, nine but nine. But the
0: reason is that we have a whole bunch of other dwarf planets that have been discovered since Pluto.
1: We would have to include them. It wouldn't be nice. And nine. so we would
0: have 13 or 15 or 20, and we can't go there. There has to be a line. There's got to be a line. Pluto so didn't make the cut. It's based on size. Pluto's not big enough.
1: It's so sad.
0: But it's the easiest of the dwarf planets to remember now.
1: <laughs> but it can be really <laughs> valuable to have your kids try to come up with a definition even like, okay, so what is a planet? Who can tell yeah, me? Who can yeah. tell me? And then you actually out loud talk about what the definition is in here and you know we feed yeah. that to you right in the memorization station sidebars so you can or, have the definition. Or the
0: word satellite. I mean, we tend to think a satellite is man-made, but that's not what the word actually means. It's anything orbiting yeah. another body. They're natural satellites So too. the Earth is a satellite of the
1: sun. Yeah. Even astronaut, I think it will be interesting in future years as we're starting to have more space tourism, wait, are they astronauts? Yeah. Like, (laughs) you know, it's interesting to, to actually take even these simple words. And when you define them and talk about them, it's a real learning opportunity. It's a discussion opportunity. So it's not just a matter of, Hey kids, here's your list of words, write down the definitions. It's, more talking about things, understanding them, using them as talking points. And yeah, you can have them write down the definitions if you want to. One of the things that we do sometimes, Michelle, we'll take, you know, like in this one, this is the Earth and Space unit. So we would pull out our science notebook, and while we're drawing all the planets, for example, I might have them write the definition of a planet and a dwarf planet. Right, so they might right. write a couple of definitions but in the But not the
0: entire list, probably. You would just no. pick the ones that go with that page, and they would... I like to have a little box around them and color them in and, you know.
1: Yeah, you just have them do little bits of it at a time. And I don't think we would ever be people that would encourage you to, every single unit, have your kids pull out a sheet of paper and write their list of words and record the definitions and then yeah. review them every day. We just don't do Only that. Only if you
0: want your kids to hate school.
1: Yeah. If you,
0: really, if you really want them to hate school so they'll go back to public school, maybe you should do that.
1: Oh, Michelle. <laughs> I'm bad. I'm bad. <laughs> this is going to be worse. But, I don't know. One of the things that we really, really love about this pick and choose thing is the variety. We like the variety and just the creativity that comes with it. So we don't spell out for you that you have to do it in this certain way. But but we hope that you will find a lot of value in in these lists and come up with fun ways to use them. Oh, Michelle, the the bottom one, I almost forgot. This this is my favorite part of the science. I'm going to have... I'm going to hand the Earth science book over to you and make (laughs) you do this because you love the science. This
0: is my my favorite. This is
1: the bottom part of the science one. Yeah,
0: the science ones, sometimes they will have people in there too or other things, but, but usually it's theories, laws, and hypotheses. And in this unit, this is the solar system unit, it says heliocentric theory of the solar system and Kepler's three laws of planetary motion. Those are the two... The heliocentric theory is a theory and then Kepler's Three Laws of Planetary Motion, those are laws. Okay, so in this particular one there's no hypotheses, but the heading still says hypotheses, we just left it. But but later on in the unit you will see where these are talked about. The heliocentric theory of the solar system. This is something that you don't even think about.
1: Because we just know it. Because we, we just know, know the that the... The, the,
0: the Sun is in the middle of the solar system. That's all it means.
1: But we take that for granted because they
0: didn't always know that. No. And there were big fights about it. Mm-hmm. So, it is a theory, and it's a a theory that technically any scientific theory can be disproved in the future. I don't think this one will be. It's pretty well established. It's pretty solid. solid. But there have been theories that have been overturned in the past, and there probably will be in the future. And so this is just a list of, hey, this is some actual scientific principles. Like in the beginning of science in the very first unit you teach we teach you what a theory a law and hypotheses are in science okay and then through the units we s- you will get to see lists of them and learn about them as we go through the so units it pops up again and so, again and again so it's important for you to not only learn what a theory is but then to have it reinforced later on by talking about hey this is a theory in astronomy that we have about the heliocentric center you know that the sun is in the middle of the solar system okay what you just
1: said is one of the things that i love about both the vocabulary and the list of theories laws and hypotheses often if you look at the big scientific words they seem scary or the names of theories or things like that they seem overwhelming and scary they seem big you might read the heliocentric theory of the solar system and be like oh, that sounds scary. I don't know what that It means. does. Science always sounds scarier than it really is. Yeah. I, I mean, even, even just
0: Kepler's Three Laws of Planetary Motion sounds so... Official. You know, it sounds so cerebral, so intellectual, so inaccessible, but it's yes. not. <laughs> so it's in a sidebar, you know.
1: I can't, I can't even remember how it came up. I don't know what it came up under, but recently in our homeschool, we were learning... What was it about? Something came up where we were learning about the root rhino Oh, like, how like it for means rhinoceros? Nose. Yeah, yeah the, that part of a word means yeah. nose. And so I was telling them about rhinoplasties or, Okay, you know, nose, nose jobs. jobs, yeah. jobs <laughs> you know, and that's why we call it a rhinoceros. Because of that. And so I love teaching my kids how to break down words so they're not scary. And science words tend to be scary. Because they are made up of Latin. (laughs) Yeah. And we squish all the things together. Oh, I know what we were talking about. We were in the dinosaur unit. We were learning about fossils. And there's an exploration in there where you basically design a dinosaur. And you have to put together the different parts. And then it has names on it. Like, for example, if your dinosaur has a prominent nose, it will have the the, root. the rhino part yeah. in it, you know. And so they were squishing these words together to make these big, big long scientific words. Yeah. And they were like, "Look at the name of my dinosaur mom." And they were creating these things. I totally forgot how it came up, and now I just boom remembered. <laughs> <clears throat> but often in science, I see that where I go, "Oh, this looks scary." And then in the unit when it breaks it down, it's not scary. It's just that scientists word smash a lot. Yeah, they use a lot of Latin. And then, So it's good when kids get used to these words so they're not intimidated. They're not scared by them. Like, Like Kepler's
0: laws of motion. Kepler's first law of planetary motion says that planets orbit in an ellipse. It just means that orbits are elliptical. Instead of a perfect circle, they're
1: elliptical. It's not actually that difficult to understand. So if I were going to have my kids write that definition in their science notebook, I would have them write out the definition and then draw an ellipse around it instead of like, a perfect circle. They would be drawing kind of an oval ellipse. And I would say, okay, make your pen go around and around and around your definition. You know, things like that. You're just going to little by little incorporate these words and these laws and what they're learning into
0: your day. And having having the theories, laws, and hypotheses highlighted in that first sidebar really helps you to remember that they're there, to remember to focus on them, to... to, uh, remember to use the the real words. Instead of just saying that the planets orbit the sun, you can say heliocentric theory of the solar system. You, know, you can, you can sound use those so words.
1: Smart. You can sound so smart. <laughs> and not be afraid of those words when they come up because they'll become familiar to you. Overall, we just wanted to include this sidebar at the beginning of each unit as a tool for you, the mentor, to help you get your bearings in the unit. So we would always love to hear how you're using them it's really fun for us to to hear how layers of learning families are you know using these tools that we give them and so we encourage you to you know reach out to us let us know what you're what you're doing with the unit overview but we hope that you'll explore that and have fun with it with your family thanks for joining us today Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating wherever you listen. Ratings and comments help people find happy family-style homeschooling. Visit us at layersoflearning.com, at Instagram, and on our Facebook group. And make sure to tune in next month
0: for the next podcast. In the meantime, we wish you happiness in your homeschool.
1: Have fun learning!